0: Sunday night worship thing, and our, our student ministry's growing, and we've got all these college students that are staying in Valdosta State now, and um, I really think it would be a great time for us to look at at, at doing a, you know, seeing if we could just start, like, um, and uh, I looked at him, and I said, never going to happen, and I got up. Lunch. i didn't quite like that but I, I said it and then i went home for the next two or three hall, as I affectionately like to call it, the Cafe Gemtorium, Um, our fellowship hall over there, because it serves many purposes. It used to serve many purposes. We had to put up the stage every Thursday and then take it back down, and it was, uh, and we met over there. We started in August. We wanted to start right when VSU started. We wanted to hit that. We wanted to make sure we were, and and, and I'm going to talk today, and I'm going to talk next week, so I'm going to spend two Sundays sharing with you these seven of, of why to start it. I'm going to share with you three of them today and four of them next week. And, uh, and I want you to hear, and I want you to hear, the, see the scripture and, and see what is in the heart of it all. Um, so let's jump in. How about that? Instead of from, I'm, I'm skipping over some stuff that's really not important. So something about me reenacting Greece and on trampoline and breaking my ankle. It's really not important, but It happened are important. That was the point of that one. So February 13th, 1979. I broke my ankle, jumping on a trampoline, reenacting the movie Grease, the musical Grease. So there you go. Uh, so dates are important. So August 8th, see, this is my notes are good. Because I can go off on this, this trail. Um, but let's focus on this date, the important one. So I went before, okay, so before I went before the church leadership in the summer of 02, um, several of us got together at my house in my front room in my living that have been, you know, praying and thinking, and, and these are some of the people that, that God had really uh, equipped and gifted, and and these were going to be people that were uh, key players in this ministry starting, and we met in my front room, and we were kind of like, what do you call this thing, because especially in 2002, you didn't just have a worship service, you had to name a worship service, because that's just what you did, you know, you either had to have a number in it, or a name in it, or something, you know, had, that was the thing, so that, we said, well, we got to call this service something. a new way Opportunity to share the message of Jesus. Great opportunity. Uh, the timeless message of Jesus. Um, you know, a couple of things we in in, in regard to this is we, we knew how, how important music is. It's so it's it, it just it's holy. I mean, there's something that happens when we hear a beat, when we hear a tune, when we hear something that makes a lot of us, you know, we start to move with it. It start, it gets inside of us. you know, culturally, you know, Christian music was changing and, and worship was starting to change. And, and I appreciate Justin and the band doing some of our, our older stuff and kind of going, you know, calling back to some of that, that many of us said, oh, that was the song. That was the one. That was the one that, that, that it perfectly makes sense. So Actual language, you can look it up later. Uh, it's not really. Um, but we wanted to. I wasn't going to share uh, talking big words. One, because I don't know any. But two, because I think that's not how we normally talk. This isn't how we. This isn't how we converse. This isn't how we take in information. You know, I mean, we we kind of go give me the give me the gist, give me the simple. And um, and so we knew that that's how we wanted to communicate. We wanted to do it that way. Uh, we knew that visually it was important. Um, so we didn't, we want to incorporate all these things. So we answered that question. W- why do we need a new kind of worship experience? Because we truly felt that there is only one way to God, that's Jesus Christ. But there are so many ways to share Him, and we wanted to start to experiment with that. Um, so let's answer a, another question. Um, why do we need a new worship, a new kind of worship experience at Velocity First? Uh, I answered this one. We answered this one. And it's Kind of similar to the, to the other one. But because we believe that people far from God matter to God. We believe that people far from God matter to God, and therefore they're going to matter to us. Now you might think, duh. <laughs> you know, what I've seen and what I've experienced in my life on my faith journey is that genuine love and genuine acceptance results in, in soul transformations, um, and that if, if 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 I'm causing someone to not feel, as, if I'm not considering the person that's far away from God, then I'm really not living into my to my Christianity. You know, we believe that people far from God matter to God. And so we were going to consider that. We were going to think about that. So we wanted someone to be able to walk into a worship experience and not feel like they missed out. You know, they didn't get the handbook. They don't know the secret, you know, handshake. They don't know the dress code. They don't know, you know, what seat can I sit in? You know, we wanted to do away with that stuff because we don't want people to, to that actually will darken the steps of a church and come in. The last thing we want is when they actually do come in is to go, wow, I'm so not welcome here. People far from God matter to God, and they should matter to us. And we're always going to take that into consideration. So there might be times you go, now, Shannon, that was a, that message was here, but oh, you really could have gone down here. You really could have got into that and gone here. That's awesome. Go home and do that. Go home and get down into that like that. That's great. But I'm going to stand up here, and I'm going to talk to someone who just came in and doesn't know anything to God. People that are far from God matter to God, and so they're going to matter to us. And so, in how we do things, it's going to matter. Matthew eighteen eleven says this. Jesus was kind of saying, "This is this is my this was my job description. The Son of Man came to save what was lost. This is what he did. He came to save what was lost. This this was his whole purpose. There was no other reason for Jesus to come than to bring about salvation for you and for me." salvation and here's the deal folks and I think a lot of you know this but far too many churches, far too many Christians, far too many Christians spend an insane amount of attention and focus on the people already inside. What do you like? What do you don't like? what what do you want me to do again? How should we continue to do that? An insane amount of focus is put upon people who are already found, who are already connected about their preferences. So you know what? If if, if, if the Holy Spirit descends on Justin next week and says, Listen, man, it's bluegrass. you got to do it. Now, I know that might be a little hard for Justin to do, but you know what? If God tells him that this is where we need to go to reach people for Jesus, then guess what? Justin's going to be the new bluegrass guy. He's not good enough. Well, yeah, they're they're insane. Yeah, Shannon, you're not the person anymore. It should be someone else. And that's a reality. So we don't want to say, oh, but people like you. Oh, we like to. No, we want to reach people. We want to. We want people that are far from God to matter. And so we're not going to let preferences rule the day. We're not going to let preferences rule how we make decisions. It's about people far from God. The church should not be a place where the members are more concerned about maintaining their preferences than they are about sharing the message of Jesus Christ, period.
1: And I apologize to any of you
0: who have been part of a church that that's occurred. Because you're really not, you really weren't at a place where... um, the message of Jesus was really being uh, used and, and shared like it could be. Sadly, too many churches are like that, maintaining that, and eventually, if, if, if that's what the church becomes, if, oh goodness, if, please know Jesus. If, if, if the church ever becomes a place that the preferences are, the focus of the people already there, then eventually, eventually, that church is going to shut its doors. worried about you worried about us well us is going to start to die so our focus will be on those who have yet to accept Christ people far from God matter to God and they're going to matter to us so I answered this uh, this other question I think this is the third one I'm going to share with you uh, the last one I'm going to share with you this morning in 2002 so 15 years ago I stood before our church leadership answering the question why do we need a new kind of worship experience at Vodafsa first and this is one of the answers I gave Because we believe that God wants to touch people right where they are. Again, very similar to the one we just said. But we believe that God wants to touch people right where they are, not where we think they need to be. We believe that God wants to get people where they are. I mean, I have to confess to you, there's times when i thought, if so-and-so would just do this, this, and this, then then, then they, could, they would really start to, you know, th- then, then the small group would really make sense, or then they could start to come to worship, and, and wow, worship might really be a, 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 an eye-opening experience for them if they would just do these things. If they would just stop doing these things. I've done this before, maybe you have too. I think sometimes as Christians, the the message has been sent to those not connected to God, those far from God, those have run from God that you're not good enough. But we know that God wants to meet people right where they are, not where we think they should be. A great example of this is found in John chapter eight, where uh, some religious leaders were really trying to trip Jesus up. They were they were they were plotting against him, and um, they knew of a situation that was going to happen. Between a man and a woman, and they went and caught and they grabbed this woman and they brought her before Jesus. The guy, he went away. That's a whole message for another time. I don't know why he wasn't in trouble, but anyway, they bring the lady before Jesus, and, and they're, they're they're trying to trip him up. They're going to see how he deals with her, because if he doesn't deal with her according to the law, then then we've got we've got our case. This guy's a lunatic. He he's, he's not who he says he is. So they bring him, uh, this lady, before Jesus. And and the penalty for the sin that she was caught in with this man is death. And the way in which death is brought about was, you threw rocks at the person until they died. And so they bring the woman. What are you going to do, Jesus? And then he says these these very impactful words. uh, And he says, okay, whichever, this is Shannon version, whichever one of you... Has never sinned, not not even talking about that particular sin. She said, if you've never sinned, whoever of you has never sinned, the one that's like the, the, the purest among you, you go ahead and pick up a rock and you start throwing it at this lady. And of course, none were able to do that. So they each just kind of walked away. And so what's left is Jesus and this woman. And this is what he asks her in, in John chapter eight, verses ten and eleven. He says, "This woman, where are they?" He knew where they were. He's making a point. "Woman, where are they?" Has no one condemned you? No one, sir. She said. Then listen to this. Then neither do I condemn you. See, Jesus was just going about his business. He's walking around. He's he's. They weren't at the temple. They weren't at a festival. They weren't at this holy holy big deal moment. He's just going about his business and they bring this woman to him. So he meets her. They meet right where she is and right where he is. He meets her. And he says, I don't condemn you. I don't condemn you. See, for too many of us, we kind of, we, we, we go, oh, you know, they're, they're doing that. So they're on the list. Jesus meets people right where they are and we need to be willing to do that. Now, I have to say this. Very important. Very important. God wants to be present in people's lives wherever they are, but please notice what Jesus says next. Verse 11. Very important. Very important. Because I think also as Christians this gets lost sometimes. He says this. So he says, I don't condemn you, but then he says, Go and leave your life of sin. Don't stay in that mess. Jesus didn't come to make the mess a little less messy. Jesus came to get you out of the mess. That's really profound right there. He he didn't come so you won't be quite as dirty. No, He came so that you would would leave that life of sin. And He says this to her. Go and leave that life of sin. God wants to be present in people's lives wherever they are. Hear that. Some of you need to hear it for yourself, and some of you need to hear it because you've not been offering this grace to others. God wants to meet people right where they are, but He doesn't want us to stand there. He doesn't want us to stay there. Jesus will meet you on the dusty road of your life. He will meet you in the midday sun at the well when no one else is going to get water. He will meet you when you have just been caught and and completely humiliated in, in the sin of your life. He will meet you there. He will meet you there. But He does not want you to stay there. And so he wants you to move beyond the places that where you are bogged down by by regret. He wants you to move beyond the places where you are weighed down by by sin. Go and leave your life of sin. And so this is what we want to be as the church. We want to be a place that you know what, wherever you are, we believe God can meet you there. And so listen, what that means is is there's a lot of people that are that are they are there that where they are. And they're not coming to 108 West Central Avenue or, or 220 North Patterson Street. They're somewhere else. but that's where you come in. Because that's where you are. That's where you are. As representatives of Jesus Christ, that's where you are. And you're able to be present in people's lives and say, you know what? I know this is going on in your life. I, I know this happened. You know what Jesus said in John chapter 8? He said that He doesn't condemn you, but He wants you to leave this life of sin. And I promise you, if you can understand that, that, that you don't have to be destroyed by condemnation, but that you can rise up again and that God wants to uh, walk with you, and I will walk with you as, as a Christian away from this, I promise you your life can be different. It's not going to be perfect right away, but I promise you your life will be different. God wants to meet people right where they are, not where we think they need to be. And we wanna we wanna agree with God in that. We wanna be there with Him in that. Jesus okay. Listen, okay, so I I shared with you those those three things. And I know it's you know a little bit about okay, the church and we started a new service and, and that kind of thing, but I would need you to hear this because really this is what it's all about. It's about Jesus. This is about Jesus because if it's not about Jesus, then we're just we're wasting time. If it's not about Jesus, um, then, then there's really there's no message to share. If it's not about Jesus, there's nothing new. There's nothing there's nothing being restored. But this is what Jesus does, and I see this in John chapter eight. Jesus makes moving on possible. Listen, Jesus makes moving on possible. There are people in here, you've been in a place, and you think it's impossible to move on from where you are. And I want you to hear this today. Jesus makes it possible for you to move on from where you are. We don't really know what happened to the woman caught in sin, but I know the promise that Jesus made to her. And I trust in that. We don't know. We don't know if she became like super Christian lady. We don't know. We're not sure. We don't know if she was turning right back and going right back to the sin she was in. But I know the promise that God made to her. And it's the same promise that that God made to her through Jesus. And it's the same promise available today. I'm going to meet you where you are. I'm not going to condemn you. I'm going to leave that life of sin. Because Jesus makes moving on possible. Jesus forgives. Jesus forgives. You might not be able to forgive yourself, but Jesus forgives. Someone else might not be able to forgive you, but Jesus forgives. You might be having a hard time forgiving somebody, but I'm going to tell you, Jesus forgives. And that's the best example we could ever follow. Jesus forgives. Jesus redeems. What has been lost, what has been broken, what has been destroyed, he does this, he restores. Jesus restores. Jesus makes us new. He makes us new. I'm so glad, you know, talking about important dates. April 15th, 1994, 5. I have been holding the pen in my hand trying to write my own story. And on that day, I said, no, no, I'm going to let Jesus do it. And he started to write my story. This is what Jesus does. This is what he does. He rewrites our story. And so I hope, you know, we gave you some, this is what I presented to some leadership, and this is about who we are. But it's about Jesus. And I feel just as strongly about it today as I did back in August of 2002. I know our senior pastor, Bob, and, and our, you know, in between Charles, there was Tommy Mason, and now uh, Bob Moon and our, and our senior pastors have come in and embraced this same vision. Our leadership here, Justin and Emily and Josh and a lot of people on staff and key volunteers, we all say, yes, this is, this is who we are, and this is who we are for Jesus, not just for us, not just for us. This is who we are. If you've been uh, coming for a while and and you are saying, you know what, I, I want to partner with 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 this place and ministry, um, would you put that on your connection card?